Hey everyone, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and I just wanted to give a big shout-out and thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners and viewers. We've been doing this for almost three years now, and that's mostly because of your support and your encouragement, which we really do appreciate. If you would like to help the show but don't have the funds available to donate directly, remember that if you plan on doing any online shopping at Amazon.com, if you first click through the Amazon banner on our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net, it'll give us a little kickback without adding anything to your bill. It's a great way to support the show and allow us to continue creating a wide variety of free Battletech and MechWarrior content for your pleasure. Are you buying something specific and want to share your story? Send me an email at bombadil at nogutstonegalaxy.net and maybe your email will be read live in the next podcast. Thanks again, everyone, and enjoy the show. The Inner Sphere Chronicles with your host, Walter Tucker. Join me now as I examine the events and decisions, both past and present, that have shaped the course of human history across the Inner Sphere. In 3052, the truce of Tukayid brought to a grinding halt the seemingly unstoppable clan invasion. No doubt a great victory, won at the terrible price of thousands of lives, the Inner Sphere had 15 years to recover as best it could before the clans would once again renew their joint operations and continue their Pyrrhic drive towards Terra. Though the invasion had been halted, the planets left above the truce line were still vulnerable to predations from individual clan raids and assaults. In January 3058, Clan Jade Falcon decided that it was time to test the Lyran Alliance's resolve to defend its planets above the truce line. Raiding several border worlds, the Jade Falcon force eventually found its way to the Lyran provincial world of Coventry. The fighting was intense and bloody, and the Lyran defenders were quickly overwhelmed. But then, something previously unseen, and seldom seen since, happened. The Inner Sphere banded together, and under the leadership of Victor Steiner Davion, a coalition force comprised of units from all across the Inner Sphere landed on Coventry to challenge the Clan War Machine once more. Stalled and unwilling to fight an extended campaign, the Jade Falcons withdrew from Coventry and the other planets they had captured, and returned to their occupation zone. Steiner Davion had brought together the Inner Sphere in an unprecedented fashion, setting the stage for a coming final confrontation between the Inner Sphere and the clans. In a way, the Jade Falcons can be credited with being the catalyst for the events of the rest of 3058, which culminated in the rebirth of the very thing the clans sought to restore, the Star League. I'm Walt Tucker, and this has been an Inner Sphere Chronicle. The Inner Sphere Chronicles is written by David Martin, with additional material by George Ledoux. Produced and performed by George Ledoux and Voices in My Head Productions. Any similarity to persons living or dead is a product of your imagination. Prepare yourself for more face-melting, metal-stomping music. Armor will be pierced. Fluid will be spilled. Machines will fall. Warriors will rise. Animatronic brings you a soundtrack for armored combat. Available now from NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Join the invasion. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. 
This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 121. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is September 17th, 2014, and I'm joined by Darren... Hey, everyone. And today's co-host, Brandon. Hey, everybody. And last but not least, Tyler. Hi. All right. Hey, uh, guys. Wow. Crazy uh, week, I think, is a... Uh, well, no, not a crazy. Okay, crazy. Exciting? Good crazy. crazy. Good crazy. No lack of information. No lack of reading. Oh, my God. I'm so glad this is, like, out there and we don't have to bottle us in anymore. Clan packs the mechs and then the king crab yep king anyways lots of shit to we talk have about. walls of text that we need to turn into walls of words yes and then you know um we've got other topics uh, that came out as well community warfare phase two clan wave two one year customer appreciation program just all of this came out within the last uh you know week and anyway so plenty to talk about um uh, so let's go dive into the first thing, which is Community Warfare Phase 2. It pretty much highlights a, a ton of things. It's basically what the player or players will be doing, how the process is going to be, you know, as far as when you're involved as a group. Um, is there anything that uh, stood out to you, or is there any questions that sort of arose from, uh, you know, reading through this, uh, Tyler? I just wanted to, uh, yeah, confirm so is everybody that's defending going to need to be on standby or the teams anyways that it's prioritizing because uh right now that placeholder time of two minutes to respond for the defending team seems pretty short (laughs) just wondering yeah it sort of seems like if you miss that two winner opportunity then it just grabs you know small groups or individual players to fill in and then you know, so is that basically like a public queue, I guess, in the faction queue? Or is it just pulling groups from, you know, the public queue altogether? I think just more information on how the queuing is going to work, or hypothetically work, would be um, very welcomed. Now, you already said that this is in progress, right? This isn't set in stone? Yeah, sure. I mean, that that's the thing with, uh, you know, this entire thing is, it, it's always tough to sort of mentally break down this process yes he says mm-hmm. okay this is your drop deck and then this is what you do but until you actually experience them, be like okay because you know that two minute wait time a lot of people were like what two minutes that's it but it i don't know is, is other games use that what about world tanks darren for clan warfare you guys you get battle notifications within you know 24 hours but then you may have actual multiple battles going on at the same time, right? 
Yeah, and oftentimes teams would field uh, less than full uh, groups, you know, and sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. But yeah, I, I, again, I think you're absolutely right. There's no way for us to really know how this is going to be until we kind of see it in effect. It's it's hard to look at it on a piece of paper and translate that to reality. So I guess if you look at it this, Tyler, like um, if you knew the battle was happening ahead of time, right? Then maybe you're already queued up, you're ready to go, you're in the lobby, whatever. Uh, but maybe it's where you, I don't know, I mean, if you would have already known, maybe it just pops up a notification or whatever saying, hey, you know, you have two minutes to respond, but there's multiple going on and you have to pick which one. I don't know. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, that's what I want to know. So, I mean, it was it was good info. You know, it definitely clarifies, you know, contested it's, it planets. Seems- pretty damn fast you know like i'm trying to put it in context of world of tanks and yeah i mean that might need to be adjusted yeah well, it kind of just makes me think that uh they're gonna want us to be sitting there in front of our computers during prime time or something so that if your team is attacked you're always ready to go so you gotta like well that's for a kind of chunk yeah and that's kind of the way it was with world of tanks you had a window depending on what time zone you're in and what continent you're fighting on or whatever what area and it was kind of a pain in the ass, honestly, um, because you you had to be ready with your clan every single night, seven days a week, if you wanted to keep your land or get new land. It was not there was no rest, um, and you had to be there during a certain window of opportunity, um, the time zones for for where you were attacking or whatever. So, well, see, I, I have no problem with that with this context, if. You have one server, as MWO does, as far as if if this is going to be U.S. time zone, then you're pretty much giving the bird to everyone outside the U.S. time zone. But if you do outside the U.S. time zone, you're giving the bird to the U.S. players. So this is where I feel that uh, as far as uh, community warfare, it has to be established. And what I mean by that is from 7 to 9 or 8 you know, I would say probably 8.30 to 11 o'clock at night, Eastern, you know, whatever. You That's when all these battles take place. Because if you, if you go outside that, you're literally opening the door to just, I mean, it's, you wouldn't be able to contest it. I mean, you're at work, you know, like your units would be at work, you know, or at school or whatever. It, it just, I know that's going to suck, though, for all of our non-U.S., players but that's where regional servers come in it is not practical at all to say oh yeah sorry you just missed out because you weren't online yeah i was at work where i was sleeping that's it's just not realistic so i uh, that's where i almost feel like they have to say from 8 30 to 11 30 at night this is when clan battles are going down monday through friday or monday through sunday but uh you also gotta think about the different size units because yeah um the the large groups the clans and world of tanks could field multiple full groups they could cover all the time zones the smaller ones were left out and so um you know it depends on what they want to do with the smaller units in MechWarrior online and do they are they going to have as much of a chance or some sort of a chance to to take planets or whatever i don't know it's that's a hard thing the, the reason why it's not ideal in world of tanks is because it's not easy to come up with an un- ideal way to do it but you also have regional servers in world yes of tanks, right? yes you do so, i mean 
you know, if you're in Europe, you're fighting in Europe times. Yep. And so, but you can opt into play on the other servers, which I think that's a good thing. So that's, that's one thing I definitely think, you know, would be a question for Russ would be like, Hey, you know, you're moving closer to the actual community warfare, you know, it's going to suck for some people, but I think that has to be established. And then as far as like, Hey, we're only doing it in this time zone and then say, you know, but we're going to, you know, develop, you know, maybe expand into other countries. I mean, it just, it has to, like, there's no, and then on top of that, there were some other things like the whole bidding process, you know, contracts and all that. It just sort of seems like on paper, I was like, well, how, how is that going to work? Like, you know, uh, show me. And then, uh, anyways, so, uh, you know, as we move closer, that's one thing I'm sure to let you guys know, we'll be able to reach out and ask questions, but also as we move closer, we'll be able to do a vlog video and we'll actually demonstrate it and stuff. I think that would help alleviate things, but I, I mean, you guys, Tyler and Brendan, you guys are in competitive units. I just don't think it's practical for, uh, you guys to, I mean, wouldn't you be pretty pissed uh, off it, if you're not even online or you sleep or at work? And, and you lose a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I'd be frustrated. But then again, I also played EVE Online. I mean, you have as well. So yeah. I think we've all gotten those phone phone calls at 4 o'clock in the morning saying, get on, the Russians are coming. So Yeah, but, but EVE Online <laughs> ran into this issue too because what it turned into was uh, time zone warfare. And then what they did is they had the, you know, the reinforcement timer which basically plus or minus 12 hours from whenever so i guess the thing with it is is you have to for a free-to-play title like this and you have different populations of players in different time zones literally across the world you have to have servers and community warfare for those in different locations i mean would you guys agree on that yeah and they could just as well just do instance versions of the intersphere for an eu server and a north american server anyways completely agree now um you know when i read all through this there was some pretty cool things um obviously uh you know drop decks intrigued me right um there was the game mode planetary conquest yeah. game mode i yeah. think that's probably the coolest thing. mode yeah, yes that's uh so, so hyped for that you know, having to choose multiple mechs and, you know, you've got defenders, attackers, and there's a process of taking a planet and stuff like this. The one thing that pops out to me, though, is, um, you know, are we going to see new maps based on this? Because basically what this doc said was we need bigger maps. It's like a stage, right? Like it's almost like a, a, a battlefield bad company or rush right mode where you get to a certain point and unlocks more map right i think that's sort of you know and to talk about choke points and you know to me i was just like yes w yes please when when and you know then it got into the whole dropship mode and and how that sort of went away but now it's pretty much being looked into or tackled i just feel like this would be the funnest damn thing in MWO thus far. Yeah, really exciting. Waiting to see how these maps are going to play out. The new game mechanics, power plants, defensive turrets, walls and gates. It'll add a new dynamic to the game as well as, not to mention respawns. That's going to be pretty crazy. I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out. 
And I'm really interested to see actually a little bit more information on the respawns and the invasion mode in general. Just maybe an update or something like that on it because just compiling a drop deck for three or four fights just wave after wave after wave I think is probably going to be some of the most fun I'm going to have in a little bit. Yeah, and just looking and reading over the whole opt-in process, basically what it's saying is when you click the faction tab, and let's just say you're a lone wolf, right, or, uh, or maybe you're a clanner, you know, as far as you're not specifically for one of the, the, the four main, but whatever they're called, the, the clanner groupie or whatever, then I'm assuming if you you would actually drop in like a, a, a queue system, like if you're not part of a unit or whatever, and then you would be filler. Um, and I remember Darren playing in World of Tanks, you would have um, false positives, right? You'd have people that would launch attacks against different worlds or, or territories, but they weren't really that, that. That wasn't where their main force was. And sometimes your main force would drop and there would be like two mechs you know, or two tanks, at, you know, as far as in the context. And so um, one thing I'm, I'm interested to hear about is... Uh, how the attack process goes and how or does it discourage multiple groups coordinating attacks against multiple planets to spread the defenders or attackers out and i think that's where you get into sort of like the metagame of uh community warfare is how can you know alliances be made to to you know thin out the troops and or can there be territories that are claimed uh, to where you like that you're just blockaded? You can never take those territories, and we saw those issues, uh, and we talked about it when, in World of Tanks, where you'd have these huge alliances with multiple groups, and they would hog all the the good territories, right? Oh yeah, I mean, and and a lot oftentimes too, the those groups that you thought were separate groups were also actually the same group behind the scenes. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues with this. I think this potentially is going to you know be the biggest and best thing to come to MechWarrior Online. And, you know, obviously something everybody's been waiting for since day one. Um, hopefully, expectations aren't too high. As, you know, Russ has said over and over again, the, the first iterations can be very basic. But looking at all these things that they're talking about, I think it'll be enough. Um, but really, it's just going to depend on how this all washes out. You know, it's, it's hard to look at this wall of text and I think visualize how it's all going to work out. So I think there's a lot of potential here, a lot of fun. I can't wait, but I think we need to see a little bit further development in these ideas. Now, Brennan and Tyler, is there any info outside of that as far as, you know, obviously you have the two-minute time window, you want to know more about that. Is there anything that pops out that, you know, your groups or, you know, people that you talk to, um, you know, uh, sort of brought up any any questions or major concerns? Uh, well, back a year ago at the, the launch event, I don't know if this has changed. It's not really uh, in here that I can see. Uh, Brian Ekman talked about having, uh, if you wanted to be a Merc player, Faction player, and Lone Wolf, that you had like three different identities, basically. I want to know if players are going to be able to have an Inner Sphere and Clan identity, or if you lock into one for your account. Wasn't that brought up in that post that basically said you know, possibly reset everything like every three months and then That's you'd be able exactly to switch? I was going to ask about the season length. That was yeah. it. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, that's the their version right now of allowing you to play either is three-month seasons. But like they said in that post, too, that's just an idea, which a lot of these things are. They're kind of works in progress. What do you guys think of the seasons? 
I, I think um, seasons are a great idea. I, I wish they had seasons right now for things like just changing up our maps, where the conquest uh, caps are spawn points, things like that. I, I'm excited for seasons. I'm, I completely agree. I, I would like to see, instead of it being, I think they said, what, three months? Every three months, roughly? Maybe bump it up to four, so that way you get four resets. Uh, or three resets a year. I can't math right now. Well, I'm sort of torn. The Battletech nerd in me says... Okay, it's not realistic to like force, you know, the progression of the clans inward. Okay, get that. So just let the players do it, right? So you have clan and IS, and you pick your your sides, and you know, uh, maybe maybe you can change side once. You know, maybe a new player comes in, doesn't know what he's doing, or whatever. Blah blah blah. Right? You opt in, and they, you know, something like that. But uh, part of me says, well, why not make it lengthier, like a six month? And it's an ongoing thing, and whatever happens, happens. If the clans can push in, they can push in. If they can't, you know, maybe the IS, you know, pushes them back. Why not? Let us write our own history, and then say, okay, hey guys, you know, uh, whoever, you know, looks like the clans got their teeth kicked in, or you know, the, the vice versa. But then on the flip side, I get that uh, maybe it just sort of becomes stale, or, or one side is so dominant, or will that be dominant that's what i was be most worried about would be the dominance it's no fun getting gridlocked i guess where one team has another one locked down basically in a in an endless cycle more or less of just going in getting raffle stomped back back to start now a few people are asking and yeah the idea is that every time the season starts the inner sphere map would be reset so my question then based on that is well we, we don't know that actually that wasn't stated you know as far it just said the season would reset didn't say the map would change well, what would be resetting if the map isn't well um, they can reset borders to a future uh, point in the timeline where the borders well would that's be. that was my question is if we're resetting every three months every six months whatever um the timeline does that matter anymore is a timeline only for development and what mechs yeah. and weapons they're introducing I, I think the timeline is a generalized. I mean, you just ha you have to be realistic and say it's just not realistic to follow, right? Uh, okay, well, at this point in time, you know, you have the Battle of Tukid, and you know, you have the Truce Line, and you. I mean, there's just so much that let the players decide, let the community now. But that opens up a perfect opportunity for PGI sponsored events like the Battle of Tukid and et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. No, yeah. no, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I, I think the timeline's good for introducing technology, right? And they can set a, a progression timetable on that based on technology how many years, Technology and right? events, yes. Yes, yes, and I think that would be fine. But as far as, because, okay, so, uh, you know, maybe the, the clans aren't doing so well, but you still have the battle to get or, you know, the, the, the fight for the, you know, the Black Pearl of uh, Luthien and stuff like that. I, I think you could still do that and have special events and just make it epic and, and stuff. But um, as far as the progression, yeah, I have no problem with the resets. Uh, I've, you know, at the end of the day, we don't know how quick planets are going to be turning over. And I, I, that's another thing is, again, we just need more information. We need an example. Maybe we do need to play, play through. And one thing to keep in mind is, Darren, we, we said this quite a bit with World of Tanks, is this initial community warfare that you will start playing in is just going to be evolving 
I mean, you it, it may it's just going to be just like the development in Vibio. I mean, you're going to see it evolve from just a basic to as far as the community takes it. I mean, really, and that's it is how much does the community want? How much input, you know, do we put out there and say, hey, we want this to change and this is why we want it. And, you know, it, well, it's going to yeah. evolve. This is the foundation. Um, it's been mentioned, you know, many times that this, what launches is going to be the foundation to be built on. You know, it, it'd be really cool, too, is maybe down the lines, and, and the only reason I bring this up is they did talk about the map requirements. And this is something that, if you can imagine, maybe there are special events and there are big maps and it's an ongoing battle. I mean, I'm not saying... Like a this. multi-stage type thing? Yeah, well, I'm saying that, uh, and like I said, what, maybe like Planet where, Side 2? Uh, maybe not that big. What I'm saying is, okay, so... If it was dynamic, like you had, um, let's just say, Clan uh, Clan Wolf, right, is assaulting uh, uh, said planet, and based on this uh, attack and defend, this assault, this new conquest game mode, um, it started out with like, I don't know, uh, ten Clan Mechs, and you know. A company of ismx were dropped again and once those were destroyed and or vice versa a new set would spawn in or get dropped down from you know orbit you know or something like that and then you know it's this just ongoing you know who's it going to be is it going to be the is and i'm they could do some really dynamic things with uh you know special events uh remember uh tyler we we're talking about uh titanfall and that one aspect of uh you know the drop pods I mean that's BattleTech through and through. I mean it's it's talked about individual mech drop pods and uh, infantry drop pods, and then again this ties into our last podcast where we talked about AI. There could just be some really cool stuff that they can do. Well, the trailer for MWO with the Atlas dropping out of the ship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, super excited. I just want more info, and I feel like that would be a great sit down and talk with Paul. All right, looks like the Wave 2 is live right now. All right, so uh, speaking of which, uh, just so happened we were going to move on to this topic. Uh, the Wave 2, uh, Max, oh my god. Uh, so I've, you know, I know this is going to sound like first world problems and some of you guys are going to call me out on bullshit, but it is very difficult knowing that these things are coming and being behind the scenes. And not able because to say anything? we can't say shit like you know it's just hey that's part of the the gig you know and i mean whether it's uh new mechs coming out or changes or balance or ne- like there's a lot of things that uh you know me and darren are privy to and it's just like oh my god like when i saw the artwork for these i just was like boing, what? Boing, boing. what you know and so anyways speaking of which Clan Wave 2, we've got the Koshi, right? The Mist Links. Never been in a Mech War title. So this is first. The Fenris, the Ice Ferret, never been, uh, at least not in a, I, sh- I should preface this, not in a vanilla game. Um, Mech War uh, 4 Mech Tech packs may have had them, but not in a stock. The Loki Hellbringer. Um, and then the Man of War, the Gargoyle. The biggest uh, miracle on the list, in my opinion. What, the Gargoyle? Yeah, he turned just... I mean, I could have done a, a better drawing of the, the original artwork. I was That was the one I was most nervous about. Like, how do you 
turn a piece of shit into something amazing and Alex always delivers. Well, it's funny because the Hellbringer actually, uh, there was a community member, uh, Ironhawk, that did like a mock-up, right? And it looks very similar to it. I mean, obviously it's very, it, it didn't stray too far from this sort of original concept either. That's the um, difficulty is that you've got to, you know, harken back to the original and still make it look good. That's yeah. why his job is so hard. Yeah, so overall, I was super excited about these when I found out about them. Uh, just thrilled with the artwork. I think they look amazing. Um, now, let's go and dive into, uh, you know, something else with this is uh, the predictions here. Tyler, what are you guys thinking for the predictions of the mechs? Oh, boy. Well, from a competitive standpoint and just uh, game power overall... The poor little Miss Lynx is going to be a sad little mech. Now, I enjoyed the Kit Fox far more than I anticipated, but the Miss Lynx doesn't, doesn't have ECM. It doesn't go really much faster than the Kit Fox and Adder, and it can carry barely any firepower. Well, you know, it's a clan light mech's worth of firepower, but not as much as the Kit Fox and Adder can. The Ice Fair is going to be the fastest clan mech in the game, so that's exciting in itself. You can carry some weapons on it, so I'll be excited to see what that thing can do. Uh, still probably will be overshadowed by the Stormcrow, though. The Hellbringer is probably the big one, possibly game-changing. First heavy mech in the game with ECM on the Prime variant. And it also has three really high-mounted energy hardpoints in the left torso where the ECM is, so that'll be a priority to shield with your uh, shield your left away from damage. Uh, the Gargoyle, it's 80 tons, it's only 5 tons more than the Timberwolf, moving the same speed as the Timberwolf, however, but basically because the Timberwolf exists, the Gargoyle won't get as much play. Uh, not saying it's going to be a bad mech, but the Timberwolf is the best by far. And the Mad Dog is going to be pretty exciting, mostly for the A variant, I believe, that has 6 missile hardpoints. <laughs> see, see what you can do with those things. I can build an archer with it, is what I can do. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh, I've I've heard DOA mentioned many times in MWO's history, and it's right? always been correct. I've even heard <laughs> out of your math, uh, uh, not your math, out of your my math, math, your math, math alone. totally your math. Um, I think I think at the point in time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I heard Tyler once say that the Shadow Hawk was gonna be DOA. No, the Shadowhawk. At the at the launch event, you asked me what I thought of medium mechs, and I said I thought they were in a sad place. But ask me again when the Shadowhawk comes out. Okay, okay. So I called the Shadowhawk as the best mech. Well, the best medium okay. mech a long so time I will ago. say there were people, a large yeah. group of people, that based on just the artwork, they do it. It's so tall. It's it's, you know, and of course it's the best, you know, uh, medium IS mech. Uh, to many. Okay, Ad, so Adwala, do you agree with that? Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah, he goes for that. <laughs> um, so um, I, I'm going to point out uh, a few things. First off, Hellbringer, the Loki, for all of you guys. Um, yes, it packs quite a punch at firepower. One, it's not very heat efficient. Uh, two, the armor is abysmal on these stock loadouts. By the way, it doesn't well, have Pharaoh. Like well, yeah, well I know, but it doesn't have Pharaoh. It doesn't have Indo. So I guess what I'm saying is. You're going to sacrifice weapons to be able to up armor and even more weapons to be able to make it energy efficient. So even though, 
you know the the variant. I, I guess I'm just pointing that out. No, I love the Hellbringer. I think it looks amazing. I've always had just a mech hard on for it. Love it in Mech Commander. Loved it in uh, previous games. I like it more than the uh, Summoner um, because it reminds me of a. It reminds me of like a a, 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 a Timberwolf and a Summoner and a Mad Dog had a threesome, and it was the Loki that came out of it. And mm-hmm. right, right, doesn't it? It's like the three had a kid, and because it gets the Timberwolf arms, and I'm still know, picturing the threesome. But yeah, anyway, Mech Love. Um, and then on top of that, the Man of War, the Gargoyle. One thing to point out, though, is even though the Prime variant's not optimal, no one uses stock loadouts. Like, and it's always all these clan mechs are always a combination of different, uh, you know, hard points. So, you know, there is one that has a UAC 20, you know, and is able to carry that, you know. Um, I think my favorite feature about the Man of War is the football helmet. Hell yeah. American you know football. It, dude, you know, it's not even that. It's it's the rebreather. It's like a football player wearing a scuba. The bottom you know. line is it looks pretty badass. It looks stocky. The legs look stock. I don't know. I think, I mean, it, obviously we'll have to see how it translates in game. Um, but uh, I think it'll be aesthetically a fun mech um i have to point out my favorite thing though i guess you're still you're going to talk about the mad dog i'll let you get to that but i just uh, am sitting here just staring at this stein finally a beer stein in mech warrior online that's all i can say well we've actually i seen... really like the custom clan colors and war horns i'm assuming those are war horns and uh yeah yeah those are probably my favorite thing out of everything the uh custom <laughs> yeah. paint jobs Get out of here with your mugs and whatnot. Well, are the, so, the Warhorns going to make the appropriate animal noise based on the clan they come from? Please, please, please. Well, see, so get this, and I remember, and I'm not saying this happened because of me. I'm not claiming that, but I remember pointing out, saying that when you picked out the original clan package, it would have been awesome if you could have then picked your clan faction and then your camo was based off that. I remember specifically saying that on the podcast, you know, and then here we are. Anyways, um, I know it's. I also, on our very first podcast, I pointed out that most of the mechs in this game should have two legs and well, here you go. Three years later. <laughs> Another thing to point out too is we talking about the Mad Dog. So uh, first off, if you own the Mascari collection, when you purchase the Man of War collection, you get a bonus. The Mad Dog. Mad Dog's delivered on September twenty third. So literally Bam! right now, um, that's like a, that's days away. Six days. Six days away. So now I know there's been mixed reaction uh, about this, uh, and I guess the the point being is that oh well, it's behind a paywall. Now I'm just going to preface this. Look, the Seabill versions are going to come out too. So it's just like with anything, it's about convenience, right? At the end of the day, PGI has to make money. They have to put food on the table, right? Now, in lieu of this, there was something else announced, and that was the first anniversary, um, basically. Customer appreciation program. It Everything. Yes. And then some. I do want to, while we're on the Mad Dog, though, still before we go into the one-year customer appreciation program, uh, Phil and I have seen actual in-game footage of the Mad Dog at this point. We're getting ready for the uh, for the vlog, which will be out this Friday, two days, um, and you'll get to see the footage as well, Zoof. Um, amazing. 
they did a great it, job. It, it looks better than the Timberwolf. Yeah, and it it is sexy. I, can I just say right now how much I hate you right now? You well, say that it... there's a few things that are actually aesthetically different than the Timberwolf, which you would think they share because you know same leg set and stuff. Uh, there are some changes that uh, Alex has made that I thoroughly approve of, and I hope are eventually transferred to the Timberwolf. Just aesthetic and a little bit of gameplay, but mainly aesthetic. That uh, that the mad all of the the newer designs. Um, I would say just keep getting better and better. And unfortunately, what that does is it makes some of the old ones really, you know, outdated as far as aesthetics. And I'm like, ah, they could definitely use an update. Yeah, but it is sexy. It's everything that you guys are going to want uh, the Mad Dog to be. Uh, they they delivered. All right. So, um, yeah, one year customer appreciate. Dude, holy crap, dude. It has been a year. Um, I actually met Tyler a year ago and Brandon and Darren for the first time. Um, didn't really know you at all, Tyler, at the time. Um, I didn't. Who's this didn't guy know. that keeps freaking winning? That's what yeah, we were This guy is like, oh, I'm going to win. Redheaded guy that we're keeps like, winning. Really? Wow. Okay, <laughs> he's calling it. Blonde. Hey, ginger. Blonde. No, no, he's a ginger. Strawberry ginger, whatever you want to call him, he's a ginger. Yep. Half soul, quarter soul. And he was calling want. it like freaking Babe Ruth, too. Yeah, that was, that was good times. So, uh, wow. Yeah, it has been a year. It flew by. And we've got a cool. I, I okay. So I'm not even going to go into details of like this weekend and stuff. I think the biggest thing. Let's let's be realistic here. Is the free mix. Um, we have the Atlas S, the Centurion 9AH, which by the way was in closed beta and they removed it because of the Yen Low coming out. The 9AH has a ballistic and a missile, whereas the Yen Low has the ballistic and energy. And then the big thing, the one thing, the main thing, the King Crab. Um, there's been many a, 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 you know, children created since uh, dun, this. Dun, dun, King Crab. Yep. This is the only time that you want to be talking about wangs and crabs in the same sentence. And we get to do it finally. God, God damn it, guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, we don't have we don't have any. Uh, really any artwork from, uh, except for us to say sketches no, right no no i I've, I've been privy to some stuff from alex and, are we allowed to share oh, bitch oh it's hey you know I, you ask and you shout no um no i can't actually but but uh, you will so. be able to see what he's talking about again on friday um we're gonna have in the vlog stay tuned for some king crab goodness and, you know, the, the one thing with this is, okay, so where this all stemmed from, and I'm really glad this happened, and uh, town hall meeting, you guys were there, and one of the questions was, you know, hey, you know, you guys are doing this uh, free mech extra for the clan packs, what about, us, what about us founders and the, you know, overlord, you know, the phoenix and stuff? And, you know, I, I did, I asked, I asked Russ, and, you know, I made it the point of saying, hey, you know, the... These guys didn't get as much. Now, some could argue, well, you got a ton of free premium time, and then, but no, Max is where it's at. And boom, there you go. Um, yeah, so it's also coming with a uh, custom decked out uh, paint job, along with 30% C build bonus and a free mech bay as well. Uh, the Atlas, um, the main thing with the Atlas, by the way, is it has like four missile. Possible uh, four missile, points. I believe, if it's going by TRO. 
Um, two of them are rear-mounted, but chances are, like everything else that's been rear-mounted this way, probably thrown up on the front would be my guess. Yeah, it won't be rear. I, we've already mentioned that uh, in what a few interviews uh, about that. Don't even know how that would work anyways, but... Uh... 360 target retention and SSRMs. Yeah, no. I mean, it would be helpful. There's the many times where a mech, you know, is like on your ass shooting you, and there's, yeah, anyways. Um, let's see. Uh, now, how do you, are you, you know, eligible for this? It's basically 100 matches since September 17th, which I think isn't crazy at all. That's not even a match a day. So I think most people are covered. Um, and it's, uh, you're going to receive 2 million C bills, a mech bay and a standing cockpit item and stuff like this. Anyways, just really cool. I think the community, I knew this was going to be awesome and the community's response is share this. I mean, and this is on top of, you know, all this stuff going on town hall, um, you know, IGP is not here anymore. The communication again, uh, you know, from all the, the guys behind the scenes, um, I think it was on top of all of this just icing on the cake um and a lot of people i think are you know are like hell yeah you know like about damn time don't forget the terrain fixes on hpg as well you know a little bit more icing on the cake yeah so (laughs) someone posted that on reddit and was like hey i noticed this i was gonna go hide behind these pillars and my ass got shot shit i just created a tangent but yeah, it's important. I mean, it's there's still some fixes, you know, on, in other areas. But if you look at the pillars up top, uh, it's been remedied. Well, anyways, uh, it's it's not perfect, but right. we actually asked and inquired about this with Dennis, and he said there's actually there's little things like this happening all the time. And the only reason it wasn't mentioned is they were super busy with other stuff, and it just it, they forgot. He forgot. So, you know, we told him, like, hey, you know, make sure you get these in the, you know, patch notes because people, you know, little things like this, one, you may not realize until you get your ass shot. Two, just it shows, like, hey, they are making these little adjustments here and there, and I think it's a it's a good thing. And overall, I think maps uh, in, in general gameplay, uh, there's a few things that, uh, you know, could be fixed like this. Um, I, <laughs> I was watching uh, uh, someone stream earlier, uh this morning and it was funny he went to go turn it was on the platform he was in a uh, warhawk and he went to go turn into one of the little uh you know alleyways up top and he couldn't fit and you know he's all like mad i'm like well that's where a little mech would fit you're in a big mech you can't fit that's just not how it works um anyways let's go ahead and move on we've got uh, an additional thanks to all the founders the seabill bonus from original founders mechs will be permanently raised from 25 to 30 percent this is one of those things where everyone always sort of wondered why it wasn't 30 percent and now it's happening so there you go founders mechs 30 percent and there was much rejoicing yay so how excited are you brandon that you're gonna get the king crab I am on a scale of one to ten. I'm at about a twelve. By the um, way, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Russ confirmed also that they're going to try to do clamping with the the hands using the missile bay doors. So, yeah. I mean that alone, that just again, twelve out of ten. That was one of those things that Phil and I knew about early that we wanted to tell people but couldn't. I mean they're. Yeah, those guys are just doing an awesome job with all three of these uh, 
discussion topics. I think a lot of cool stuff here on the horizon. Like I said earlier, these are going to probably be our busiest few months in MechWarrior Online to date. And I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like unappreciative, but the real question I think on everybody's mind is, where's the mauler? Mm. I guess the real question would be then, what is the next IS chassis? You know, is it the king crab or is it something else? Mm. Well, king crab's what December, I think they said. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that gives us a good couple of months. So, uh, if I remember correctly, the cycle ended on a medium, I think it was. Yeah, Vindicator. So, we are due for a heavy, I believe, and another light mech. Well, Russ has mentioned there's um, some changes coming to Matchmaker on Twitter. He's, he's talked about... Uh, you know, a IS quirk pass um, on the command share post. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that I think will dramatically, uh, you know, affect the game and how uh, people look at mechs. I mean, uh, again, giving them purpose. We've talked about quirks in general and go on and on and on. But um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming down, you know, the pipeline. And obviously with Community Warfare looming, I think if we can get some more clarification on, you know, said subjects, one a lot of you guys are in units and you want to prepare and you know what's going to be interesting with this and again we were talking about um, this with you last time tyler is what are comp teams going to do or what what are some of the top you know comp teams going to do it it's not going to dictate everyone's behavior but you know as far as are you going to stay clan is and then what is that going to mean and um is there you know the, the whole process of um and at the end of the day uh you know you want to win no one wants to lose you don't play to lose right um and you know making that distinction of playing to win sometimes mean you know it, it's it's not about fun it's it's about winning um and <laughs> you know well no and i say that because you know we were we were streaming today and that was one of the topics uh, we were talking about with delta was you know he, he says a lot of you know uh the competitive players catch a lot of shit for playing to win but he, he made the connection of well every single time you modify your mech to be a little bit more efficient you're playing to win right you're modifying your chances and you're you know and he's like it's just you know well the reason i was laughing is hopefully you're still having fun i mean if you're even if you're playing to win hopefully it's also playing to have fun i don't know yeah, it, I don't... It, it's more that you're having fun by winning and when you're exactly. not winning you're not having fun so winning is tons of fun yes is it really fun though? I mean, oh yeah, I guess I still the, no, fun. No, I, I guess the definition of fun though changes person to person because fun to me is like well, there's casual fun and there's serious fun. I, I would mean, imagine playing in the Super Bowl is fucking fun, and you're trying to win, right? I'm just saying to to each his own, right? There's a different definition for fun. Just, I mean. <laughs> You know, when you say, well, it's fun to win or it's fun to, well, does that mean you're laughing it's fun or does that mean you're just that, you know, you're you're proud that you, you know, you're on top and that you're, you know, you bested the opponent's sort of fun? Is it a, uh, you know, intrinsic sort of thing? I mean, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is, I you know, um, when you look at the comp scene, you don't win, you, you're not happy because you how do i put this the fun factor is to the side you care that you won 
first, right? Winning is first. And then the fun, if it was fun, that's second. Am I correct? The, the only thing I They're have with the that... same thing. It's yeah. if we're winning, we're having fun. And if you're winning and not having fun, are you going to be playing the game anymore? No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is there is a clear distinction. I mean, it, it... this is a hilarious discussion. Anyways, <laughs> no, I'm basically saying is it's to me, it sort of comes off as uh, at that moment in time when you're playing in a match and you've start... played competitive sports. Are I, you I, saying... know, I know, I know, but it's at that moment in time, it's not about uh, fun when you're in the moment whether you're playing baseball, football, soccer, whatever, you're not sitting there. You're thinking about, okay, well, what do I need to do next? I mean, to score that goal or make that shot. It's not about the fun factor when you're doing it because you're <laughs> on a different level. I mean, it's not. I'm, no, I'm laugh, laughing at Ghost. He's saying you're digging yourself out. Now, I mean, I, that's fine. There's there's different points of view or whatever. But even playing competitive sports, even in the heat of it, I was fucking having fun. Of course, um, I guess... Yeah. Anyway, this is this has gone on too too long. Anyway, but I yeah I agree. There's different. No, damn it, we're gonna dig down and we're yeah. find other reasons. That... No. Anyways, I guess you're fun, my to... fun. We're all having fun. Yeah, I guess you know the, each to each his own. There's different definitions and the different motivations. I guess why people play, and ultimately, you know, I always question. You know, when Sim says fun, I'm like, well, you didn't sound like you were having fun. It doesn't look like you're having fun. You know, like is that really the same? But anyways, super excited about uh, stuff coming down the, the pipe, uh, vlog in the works, um, and uh, obviously more info to come. Um, you know, as far as the one-year appreciation, and I would say thumbs up. I think this is the type of thing the player players want to see, and it really does show, hey, you actually give a shit. And, you know, I know that's, uh, you know, a concern on some people's minds, and hopefully this, uh, you know, helps. And, uh, sort of shows you know appreciate you guys' support getting you know this game off the the ground and here you guys go for uh in retrospect now the i was gonna say um the mad dog being uh you know um behind a paywall again i just want to preface this the c-bill versions will be coming out later and again you're just paying for convenience and i know that sucks to some but hey they have to put you know food on the table so just keep that in mind um, that's pretty much it, other than the fact that, uh, man, it's been a year since, uh, we hung out in San Francisco, and <laughs> shit goes by really quick, so anyways. Also, it's almost been almost three years since we started this, we're about a month away. I know, right? It's crazy. How do you guys listen to us week in, week out, day on, day out? Some of you guys, I just, yeah, thank you for all of your support. You guys are awesome. Yeah, I don't know. We have to take breaks from each other, let alone from, you know. Speaking of which, hurry up so I can take that break. Yeah, is that what you're doing? I'm just kidding. Some quick mentions here. Uh, Mech Commander stuff. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Mech Commander. Got those up on YouTube, by the way. Missions 1 through 6 for Operation 1. Um, rebalanced. And uh, I've got a link here if uh, Brennan wants to link that. If you haven't checked it out. It's a complete rebalance of the weapons. We have uh, some PDFs, some graphs, so you can actually see what's going on behind the scenes. Been doing this, really enjoyed. Changes the gameplay. I'll be releasing an actual download for you guys where you, all you have to do is extract it, load uh, an ISO image, and boom, you're off you go. You can you can try it for yourself. Um, really fun, really enjoyable. Um, and for all of you mech fans out there as far as mech commander, um, I will say this. If I could organize a small team... 
and recreate Mech Commander in an HD sprite heaven in Unity. I'd be thoroughly excited. I was really hoping you would say if you get a small team together and you could make Mech Commander 3 in a sprite-based heaven. That's fine, too. My point being is if I could find someone who's uber awesome at... 2D artwork and sprites, and a programmer that's willing to put in some time, or programmers would be willing to help organize that. And Unity would be perfect. Just saying. Uh, shirts, uh, don't forget, if you want to get your uh, Marauder shirt, you have two days left before I pre order them, and I'll take them off um, the store until I get them here in stock and put those up. And of course, we still have some All Systems Nominal. And a handful of Battlemaster Grid shirts left. And, of course, don't forget the uh, new album, Armored Combat. One thing I do want to point out that uh, we haven't really talked about, and maybe Darren make a note of that, is uh, our Twitch uh, subscribers. I just want to say thank you. Uh, we are partnered now, and uh, we got some emotes coming. I think, actually, the next one, by the way, is... Uh, I think we're going to title it uh, NGNG... Rage and it may have Jaeger's face and rage. I don't know. Uh, that's I think that's the goal. That's the next one. Do we have? I don't know. Do we have a confirmed screenshot from which to? Uh... I think Zo Zoef is uh, actually in charge of making that because he made mine the, the the palm. So we're getting the uh, Jaeger rage emote, and then we have one other. Anyway, so uh, I guess the more subs we get, the more emotes we get. So. Anyways, thank you again. You guys are awesome for that support. And, of course, a big thank you to our community, our listeners, our live listeners. You guys are awesome, new and old, and our amazing staff. And, of course, our sponsors. And if you want to become a sponsor and help support stuff like this TS and our website and all that, head over to our forum, and there's a donate link. It ties into your uh, account. You guys get uh, your own avatar you can upload and, and all that fun stuff. You get your own section, and if you have anything or need anything, just hit me up. Uh, questions, comments, anything like that. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrakel. And this is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts, No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast, and on Twitter at No Guts, No Galaxy. It'd be best if you avoid me But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever